Hello, everyone. This is Bill Apter, and I just finished taping an episode of Count It Out with Mike and Tyler, or Tyler and Mike. They're brilliant hosts. You've got to listen. You've got to see. Count it out. Yeah, I endorse it. They've got the after chat seal of approval. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Brian Pillman Jr., and you're listening to Count It Out with Mike and Tyler. Well, we are live, pals, and welcome to another edition of Counted Out with Mike and Tyler, the Bill After Seal of Approved Counted Out with Mike and Tyler. My name is Tyler. Welcome you to the show this week. Jam-packed show coming at you. We have an interview with the Barry Wrestling Three Pistol Champion, one of the hottest rising stars in all of professional wrestling right now. Trained by Daniel Garcia, I'm talking about Myung Jay Lee. Right after my interview with uh, Jay Lee, it is the return of Mike. He is back on a full-time basis. Mike and I are going to be counting down the top seven worked shoot promos of all time. It's going to be an awesome episode this week. I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to go ahead and throw it to my interview with Young Jay Lee and then stick around because Mike and I count down the top seven work shoot promos of all time. All right, guys, I am sitting here right now with perhaps the hottest up and coming wrestler on the Ontario and Buffalo. And let's just go right out there and say it North American wrestling scene. Uh, you have heard us talk about this guy on our show a hundred times before. I always say that not only is he my favorite wrestler in Barry wrestling, but he is fastly becoming one of my favorite wrestlers in all of wrestling. I have the absolute pleasure to sit here with young Jay Lee right now. Jay, thank you so much, man, for sitting down and doing this. Hello. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. You know, uh, Mike and I are, are big fans of your work and, and even bigger fan of you as a person, uh, right from that first time we met you at Barry wrestling, uh, you came over and hung out with us at our merch table. It was our first Barry wrestling show. I believe it was your first one as well. And, uh, you've just been nothing but a class act to us and, and very nice just the whole way through. And we really appreciate that. And we appreciate you sitting down today with us. Of course. So I want the people to get to know about you, man. Uh, you know, you're you're part of this this crazy Buffalo crew that's setting the wrestling world on fire right now. Um, let's talk about right from the beginning. How did you get into the world of professional wrestling? Where did your fandom come from? Uh, so it came from my family. So I'm actually adopted from South Korea. And I came to America when I was eight months old. Um, and at that time, my siblings were already teenagers and my brother was a huge wrestling fan and would watch it every single week. And so my whole entire family would watch it. And just like from, from a, being a baby and being around that, I just, my eyes were glued from the start. So yeah, absolutely. What, what like age group, like what year frame, like uh, who are you watching coming up? You know, who are the first guys that got your attention? You're like, damn, this guy's awesome. I mean, I remember probably my earliest memory was the big show just because I was scared of him. Um, <laughs> and, awesome. uh, 
he he was so ginormous on the screen. Um, and it was when he had the long hair too. So, so it was kind of like the early ruthless aggression era. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I just remember watching every week with my friends at school and stuff too, during that ruthless aggression era. And then like towards the PG era too. Um, and lots of my friends grew out of it, but I just never stopped watching. Yeah, I'm the same way, man. So I, I'm, a, you know, obviously a little bit older than you are there. But um, when I grew, was in high school, it was the Attitude Era. And, yeah. you, and it was crazy because everybody was wearing wrestling shirts. Everybody was talking about Steve Austin. And, and like you said, you know, eventually everybody kind of grew out of it. And here I am sitting here and talking to you, a couple of wrestling nerds having a good time, eh? Absolutely. So for me personally, like I have mat matches that I just look back at fondly, just good childhood memories. Um, SummerSlam 89, the Heart Foundation and the Brain Busters is one of my favorites. What are some of your like favorite matches from, from back in that time period? Um, well, I remember the first wrestling match that ever made me cry was uh, the Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels match at WrestleMania 24. Um, and I, I think I was either in like third grade or fourth grade I, I was very young but that was the first time that like tears fell down from my face while watching wrestling so that one comes to mind um for all the others i i mean i would watch the tlc matches of the hardys dudleys and edge mm -hmm. and christian over and over and over again um on like dvd sets and uh i would always like have my action figures too with the ladders and everything yeah yeah um and so like just that type of stuff with all the weapons and the objects like would have my imagination go wild so 100 oh, percent, man get lost in all that fun right yeah so what made you switch the gears here let's fast forward a few years and now you're, you know you've got the bug you got the itch like how how did you decide that i'm gonna give this a shot like and did you have the encouragement of your family because i know that that's always a a tough one when you're younger and then you come to your parents and you're like yeah i'm gonna be a wrestler like yeah so my parents really wanted me to finish college and all my schooling first but that ended up not happening <laughs> i i did finish college but uh i i started wrestling while i was in college um and even before that, I did the amateur wrestling in high school and in middle school. So I was doing like the Olympic style and the collegiate style um, for a long time. <clears throat> um, and doing that type of stuff made me think that I could actually put together my entertainment side and my actual athleticism side and bring them together. So um, my first year of college, I was researching a bunch of wrestling schools. I didn't make any specific decision, but something that caught my eye was Daniel Garcia on 205 Live. Even though it was just a small extra work thing, it caught my, caught my eye and I was in the area. Um, and so I ended up going with Grapplers Anonymous, the same school. Okay. Yeah. So all these decisions now, like, I, I, I think we have a similar mind frame. We're both big wrestling guys. Is everything that you're doing, even leading up to this, like in the back of your mind, like, how can this help me become a wrestler? How can this help me relate to wrestling? Like, is that kind of the mind frame behind some of these moves too? Yes, absolutely. Even like what I studied in school. Um, like when I got to college, I've done so many papers and 
essays on wrestling. Um, and even when applying to colleges, we have to write this like personal essay. And my personal essay was about how wrestling helped shape my entire life. So awesome, man. That's great. And you know, you talked about the man Daniel Garcia lighting the wrestling world on fire right now. What are your memories of your first couple of weeks and months in the business and your early interaction with Daniel? Oh man. Um, he, he was a uh, he was always there at training and at that time, it was before COVID when I first started to train. And uh, him, Kevin Blackwood, Kevin Bennett, and Puff, they, they like were on the road every single weekend. Um, and so I remember going into training after – in my, my wrestling school that I went to, Grapplers Anonymous, they have a bunch of like these YouTube videos. So I kind of knew what I was getting into. Um, and – just the whole entire culture was just very uplifting. Like everyone just worked towards the same goal. Um, even in, even though like it was very hard work and we had to do tryouts and stuff and just a bunch of drills, like the whole atmosphere of Grapplers Anonymous was really cool because just everyone just wanted everyone to get better. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, that's, that's great. And you can really see that, you know, all the names you just mentioned, there are all having really, really successful careers right now. And you're following right in their footsteps there. And how long, how long did it take? Like, you know, your first couple of weeks in there, were you thinking like, holy shit, like this is, this is kicking my ass. Like, or, or are you just like right at home right away? Like how, how's your body feeling after the first little bit of training? I mean, the, the, after the first day, just running the ropes, was very tough i had bruises on my back and arms um and like i didn't realize how uh hard the ropes were gonna be actually my first day there um when i was running the ropes uh the blade and Allie the bunny were also there and that was just so crazy to me because it was just I think a month or two before they made their AEW debut where they came up through the ring. So like, but I knew of them from the independent scene and what they did in impact. And I, I just thought it was crazy that they were there to see me run the ropes for the first time ever. (laughs) No pressure, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So let's talk a little bit about Daniel Garcia. Uh, not only as a trainer to you, but just somebody that we're watching every week on AEW now, not only just, you know, out there working, but he's in this high profile position, working with Chris Jericho every week. He's got blood and guts matches. He's doing John Moxley, uh, Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson has been in there with. How is it kind of crazy for you to watch your friend and, and kind of your mentor in there with all these guys? It is. It absolutely is. Um, I remember the first time when he either wrestled John Moxley or CM Punk. And, and I remember that match card was announced and I just like was blown away. Um, and, you know, no one's more deserving than him because he, he just has like a mind, like no other wrestler that I've seen before. Like he thinks about all the little things and, like he, he definitely deserves the spot that he's in. Absolutely. Is he still uh, helping you out? Like in any way with any advice still, are you guys still in contact or is he kind of busy with AEW right now? 
Yeah, he still comes to training every single week, actually, uh, whenever he can. Um, I know sometimes the schedule doesn't allow, but he's still at Grapplers Anonymous um, as much as he can be. So, um, with, yeah. someone, with someone like him, too, now, so now that he's paired up with Chris Jericho and, and you know, you've got all these legends backstage, guys like Aaron Anderson, Tully Blanchard, I, I can assume, uh, not knowing Daniel Percy myself, obviously, but as you say, he's a student of the game. Is he picking these guys' brain back there and bringing this knowledge back and kind of trying to help you guys out with it as well? Yeah, yeah. Like like I said before, kind of the culture of Grapplers Anonymous, you know, um, everyone kind of does that. Uh, whenever people learn something if they think it can help someone else then normally they'll just they'll just spill um and I think that's what really made me get to the point where I'm at so quickly uh because like my main trainers were Brandon Thurston and Mikey every night and Brandon Thurston is mostly known for his WrestleNomics podcast okay the analytics um and it was very cool to have them for my basic training and everything. But then having all these other guys that were on the road come back to training and tell me all this other information was also just perfect to like really help me. I'm going to just kind of put it out in the, in the air right now. I'm sure Daniel Garcia is listening to this as is Tony Khan. Uh, let's get you in there with the new ring of honor when it gets up you know what i mean i think you'd be yeah. a perfect fit in there i would love to see it or let's even get you up there doing some aw work i think your style fits right in with theirs so uh, daniel garcia make a phone call you know yeah. <laughs> i wish he had that much pull uh, uh, uh someone else that you're doing a lot of work with and you're hitting the roads with we got to talk about puff a little bit he might yeah. be the funniest and most entertaining professional wrestler I've ever witnessed live. How much fun are you having hitting the road and traveling with Puff? I know you guys are all booked on a lot of the same shows. You guys just must be having a blast. Yeah, it, it is a blast uh, traveling with Puff. It can also be like we've just experienced so many different things. It's it's so crazy. Um, but Puff was like the first guy to kind of extend the invitation to me to start traveling with him uh for shows and everything um and it's just it's fun uh normally we have like a rotating group of people too that ride with us too from the gym and just so many memories are made just like either at gas stations or uh some one time i've had to sleep in puff's car that was an experience <laughs> um plenty of countless memories at restaurants and just doing crazy things at restaurants um so yeah traveling with puff is an experience to say the least oh that's awesome man uh i i'm so happy to get to see you guys work live at barry wrestling every month puff definitely one of the highlights how knowledgeable and and how like those car rides you know you guys are on the road for hours at a time. You guys talk in the business the whole time. Is he is he coaching you the whole way, or, or is it a different a different animal in those car rides? Honestly, in those car rides, we rarely talk about wrestling. Um, like we'll we'll talk about a show after it happened, and you know if if one of us the the beauty of traveling with other wrestlers is if one of us is like feeling down about a match, uh, the others can like kind of help turn it in maybe a negative experience into a more positive one and more of a learning experience. 
Um, but other than that, we kind of just talk about anything but wrestling. It's a nice escape, right? Yeah. Awesome, man. Um, so like moving on, you said that you started training right before the pandemic. How heartbreaking, you know, obviously the pandemic is there, there's things bigger than the world of professional wrestling. And I don't want to discredit the, the impact that it's had on the world. But, you know, you're finally out there and you're getting ready to start living out your dream. How discouraging was it for you to kind of have to pump the brakes on everything? And and now, you know, finally that things are opening up again. You, you get to get out there. You must be relieved with that, right? Yeah, it was at first, when the, the first lockdown and everything happened, it was uh, very discouraging. I was, um, I had things lined up because um, I only had one match um, in front of a live crowd before the pandemic even happened. No way. Um, it was just a few weeks before, um, and it kind of just halted everything. And I was like, oh, well is that my whole entire wrestling career? Am I done after this? Um, and I was very nervous about getting booked afterwards. Like how, how will anyone want to book me if I don't have experience? Um, but then uh, once training opened back up, the gym started to put on these live Facebook shows um, called daddy App productions. And that was before uh, wrestling with crowds even returned, but we were doing these closed set taping style wrestling matches. And in the first one, I got to wrestle Daniel. Um, and I've also gotten to wrestle uh, Kevin Blackwood and a, a bunch of other guys from the gym. And it was just people from the gym, but it was good enough to send to promoters so once shows with live crowds started happening, I was able to send them a few of those matches and almost instantly they were all for it. Oh, that's good, man. That's good. And, you know, like since then and since things have opened up again, like we said at the top here, I, I really think you've been setting the world on fire. Is there a moment or a match for you specifically where you feel like things kind of turned around and, and people really started to take a little bit more notice of you? I mean, I would have to say C4 wrestling, wrestling at C4, even in my opening match against Junior Benito, that was my debut match there. Um, and that put a lot of eyes on me. I think at that point, it was the biggest show that I was on. Um, and just from that, like everyone in Canada at Barry, at C4, at all these different promotions in Ontario, they're just also welcoming mm -hmm. and just like from the, the staff, but also to the fans. And so once the fans started seeing me uh, wrestle more in Canada, I think, um, I think that's when I kind of started to, you know, rise up or, or start to pop off a little bit. So, yeah. I'll tell everybody right now, if you guys haven't seen that match with you and junior stop, pause this interview and, and just go find it. Uh, I watched it a little bit earlier today. I, I hadn't seen it before. And uh, Mike actually sent me the, the his uh, ITV or whatever the, the thing is the link for it. It's like, you got to watch this match. I'm like, I know I've heard about it. Like, and it blew me away. And, you know, I think it kind of set like a, a standard for you. That was your first match in C4. You said, right. 
And yes. then, of course, your first match in Barry Wrestling, you tear the house down with Lionel Knight, gets voted match of the year by Barry Wrestling. Yeah. I, I think you might have a little thing here of making a good first impression wherever you go on these promotions, eh? Yeah, I, I try my hardest. Yeah, the hard work pays off. But like, I'll, I'll tell you, like uh, from the Canadian side here, us as wrestling fans, we appreciate the hard work and we see the work that you put in there. Uh, you know, I've watched you now in there with guys like Josh Alexander, who's, you know, obviously he's like our Canadian hero right now, the Impact World Champion. What was it like being in there with Josh? Oh, it was such a great learning experience. It, it was, it, I was incredibly nervous going into it, but the match was, I, I was happy with it. And then afterwards, Josh sat me down and he, you know, went through all, all the things and everything. That's another thing about um, ca- the Canadian Indies that I love. Like even going back to my first match with uh, Junior, uh, the first person to talk to both of us when we came back to the locker room was Mike Bailey. Oh, wow. And so like people just like, offer this advice and there's so many good Canadian wrestlers with all this knowledge and just soaking it all in. Um, But yeah, Josh Alexander, that was proud. Like I was the most nervous for that match in my entire career. (laughs) Um, And uh, I I thought I did a pretty decent job um, and I was pretty happy at the end of it. Yeah, the match was fantastic as well. And, and you know, it, it kind of shows like with matches like Josh uh, that promoters have faith in you as well. I just recently uh, was watching a little bit of you and Cheeseburger in there together. Uh, you know, like now that the promoters are bringing in names and, and they're putting you to work with them, that's got to feel like a pretty nice uh, sign of respect for you as well, right? Yes, it, it's so crazy to me because I started watching these guys when I was in high school. And so being able to actually share the ring with them is just a like a, a, a complete full circle moment in different ways. Um, like my match with Cheeseburger. Um, it, he was, I, I first saw Cheeseburger from a Kevin Steen YouTube vlog. And like, it was like right before he signed to WWE, Kevin Steen's YouTube channel and everything. And I just remember seeing Cheeseburger and the whole crowd chanting Cheeseburger and then fast forward a few years and I'm wrestling him and the former owner of ring of honor, Carrie Silken is watching ringside. Like just crazy. Carrie's a great dude. Did you have a chance to talk to Carrie at all? We've had him on our show before. He's awesome. Yes, he is awesome. He, uh, immediately took a picture of me like with me and he tweeted it. So, Oh, nice. I'm going to find yeah. that. I got to find that and uh, give that a retweet. Cause Carrie, we had him on the show and, and my God, the stories that man had are just, you, you don't even need to talk about wrestling with him to be entertained. He's crazy. Absolutely. Um, so I don't want to take too much more time here in the interview. I know you're a busy guy. Um, let, let's just talk about a little bit of your bucket list goals right now. Um, you know, maybe people that, that you want to work right now that are, that are out in the world, um, both on the independent scene that you haven't been in there with and on the main rosters and, and kind of your future goals coming into the, the rest of the year here. Well, so I'll wrestle anyone and anywhere. Uh, I'm just like mostly looking to get more experience and wrestle in different areas. I know I've wrestled a lot in the new England area, 
um, and in Canada, obviously. Um, but I'd also love to like journey out to either the Midwest or even the West Coast. Um, and uh, some dream opponents of mine, uh, probably at the top of the list is Kevin Koo because he's also a Korean American. And mm-hmm. I think that would mean a lot to me to wrestle him. Uh, we've also shared a few car rides together. So I think it would be pretty cool to um, wrestle Kevin Koo. Um, I'm trying to think about other people. Uh, at Barry Wrestling specifically, I would love to wrestle Travis Moore. Yes, that'd be awesome. Yes, um, I, I think he's a, a great dude, and I would just love to get in the ring with him. Um, I'm, I'm kind of drawn more towards young guys, kind of like me. It's why I love guys like Junior Benito and the hot stepper McCray Martin. Like, yeah, hot stepper, all, I'm representing right now. I love the hot stepper. Yes, absolutely. Uh, our match at Barry was wonderful, too. But just like all these young and hungry guys – I think I'm intrigued to wrestle people like them um, and even more like more people who have been in the business a little more, even at Barry wrestling. Like I'd love to wrestle the white Russian Anton Alexia. He's, he's awesome too. Yeah. There, there's like plenty of matches to be had. So well, that's, I'll wrestle awesome. Anyone. that's awesome, man. Well, I'm glad that you stopped by to, to talk to our viewers here on count it out. Can you let the people know where they can get a hold of you? Twitter, Instagram, any anything for bookers if they want to book you? Of course. My uh, Twitter and Instagram are the same handle. It's at MyungJ98. That's M-Y-U-N-G-J-A-E-9-8. Um, and then my booking email are in the bios of both of them. So. Awesome. Uh, do yourself a favor, guys. If you have not had an opportunity to check out Jay Lee here, Go out of your way. He is, I'm telling you, you're going to be seeing him on TV. It's only a matter of time. And you heard it here first, all right? Jay, thank you, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Of course. Thank you for having me. Again, guys, you need to check out Young Jay Lee. Uh, Look him up on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Watch some of his matches. This guy, you, he is going to be a major player. I, I, I just know it. I, I just and, know it. And you know what? I, I said this before on our Facebook page. I'll say it again. This is what ground floor looks like, baby. We were on the ground floor for for the the explosion of Young Jay Lee. We knew from the day we met him, way back in September, he was uh, during his Barry Wrestling debut. Which one match of the year, by the way? Uh, which match uh, was match of the year against Lionel Knight? Um, it was his debut. It was, it was his first Barry show. It was our first Barry show. He was the very first person to ever take a picture with the Barry, uh, with the uh, Counted Out t-shirt. Um, one of the first guys we really met, uh, him and Puff were the two guys, two first guys we really got to talking to and stuff like that at, uh, at Barry Wrestling. And... Um, two of the coolest guys and and Jay Lee himself is one of the coolest guys we've met almost a year later, still very close and very uh, we're very fortunate to have a friendship with him. I am. And hopefully we'll hold on to that when he becomes a fucking superstar. Cause he will. I I just want to, it's not a question of if it's a question of when. I just want to say like from a personal standpoint, um, as impressive as he is in the ring, he is uh, that nice of a human being. 100%. And uh, 
uh jay if you are listening to this cheers buddy we love you keep up doing what you're doing man because uh, uh the sky's the limit for you my friend the sky's the limit and uh hopefully i'll transition this into the list now and uh hopefully the sky's the limit for my list here i think i did a pretty good one this was a an, an interesting list uh top seven worked shoot promos of all time mm-hmm. this is based off of the mjf promo about a month ago uh give or take where yeah, that's that's pretty much when you started working on this list, right? Was it a work? Was it a shoot? The jury is still out on that. We have not heard it from was, him. It was I, a work. Shoot. I think it's a work personally. Um, so my criteria for this is that it has to be a worked shoot. So you're not going to see Vince Russo come out, Barry and Hogan. Um, you're not going to see I'm Jim Cornette. And that's my opinion, because there was no angle towards that it was just him shooting on the nwo and i will i won't lie i forgot about those i i like those i'm not a jim Cornette fan at all but i always liked those back in the day those those, those that's my opinion shit i thought uh i thought it was ballsy of Vince again to let him do that at that point in time yeah well and you especially know? knowing what we know of Cornette now like obviously yeah. vince knew that back in the day and of here's a, here here say whatever you want go nuts and and he did but but, uh, but you're the only reason you're not allowing that to, to be to be part of the criteria is because it wasn't really an angle yeah it's just him shooting that yeah. was just a shoot okay. <laughs> like legit right. right so and i will not be putting the mjf promo on the list because uh i don't know what's going on with that i think it's a work but uh that's what inspired the list so i'm not putting it on the list makes sense um what do you think man you want to jump into the old number seven the good old number seven the good old number seven that's brock lesnar and no, i'm just kidding good old number <laughs> no, seven just just his theme music just his theme music that's right yeah, yeah. uh the good old number seven for me though i'm going uh pretty recent actually i'm going to talking smack the miz and daniel yep. bryan um at, at first i had this a lot lower I, I I'm surprised. Like this is this is a five of four for me. So, That's about where I had it to begin yeah. with. Then I went back and I re-listened to the promo, mm-hmm. and, and Miz does hit a couple so, real banger lines so in it. So good, but man. he does also ramble a lot and kind of repeat himself a lot in it as well. So that's why I kind of bumped it up a little bit. That's because, kind of why I like it though, because. <sighs> That gave it gave it a little bit more of a rea- reality base to it. Yeah, where where in, in an era of wrestling where everything is now scripted, and and, and I, I don't mean in wrestling, I mean in WWE, where everything is scripted, everything is by the fucking word that you have to you have to memorize your script. That did not feel like a script. It did not sound like a script. And when he, when you start rambling, you're like, oh, that that's not a script. That like he's he's just going off because I do that when I'm angry. I go off and, and I, I'll ramble in and, and I'll, I'll repeat things like that too. So that's what it felt like. It felt real. Yeah. And, and it was, it was, but just when I compared it to the other stuff on my list, I think that the other promos were a little bit stronger overall, but yeah. I, I think this was like, if you don't look at the Miz and see a superstar, especially after oh, something like this, yeah. I don't want to hear Ooh, the Miz is, the Miz. The Miz is one it. of the best WWE superstars of all time. It was such a full circle thing because, you know, he got, you know, there, there was, I don't want to say there was heat on him, but, but there was a certain amount of heat on him from ROH fans and old school fans of, of, of Dragon, of the American Dragon, uh, for being his, his mentor in NXT. 
Dude, like everybody's like, oh, this fucking real world guy is now he thinks he's good enough to be the fucking mentor. She's Daniel Bryan's not a fucking rookie. You want to know what that's called? And because I was one of those people that was losing their mind about Amazing it. That's called storytelling. That's called great fucking booking, is what Thank that's you. called, right? hundred percent. A hundred percent. And it told a great story. And Brian came out of NXT as one of the biggest names to come out of NXT. Yeah. Now, did he get? I, slowed, I would say did he, he get slowed down because of the Justin Roberts shit? Yes. I, but, I would honestly say though he is the biggest name to come out of that NXT. Out of that era of NXT, yes. Him and Roman, out, right? Out, and out Seth. Of, see, I I consider them two different NXTs. Fair. You had you, yeah, you yeah. had your game show NXT, and then you had Dusty's NXT. Yeah, fair. You know NXT, You know what I mean? Out of the out of the game show NXT. Who came out of it other than what Wade Barrett? Yeah, he had a good you know run. what I mean? Uh, Justin Gabriel, but yeah. yeah, you know, but Daniel Bryan's the biggest name to come out of that. I'd say that Roman and Seth were the two biggest names to come out of Dusty's NXT. That's fair, that's fair. What do you think? So, so you're a little skeptical, of my place from number seven. Let's see if I, I can. Got, I gotta hear what, yeah, I, like I'm not ready to shit on it yet. I want to hear what, the, what else you have going on. I'm just surprised it's at the number seven spot. For me, it's a five or four. I got a I got a real deep cut for my number six. Okay. I'm going to one of many stops to the ECW era. Mm-hmm. We're going to the ECW arena the night that Shane Douglas throws down the NWA title. Why didn't I think of this? This is genius. What yeah. a great call. Dude, what I was doing when I when I was kind of doing my mock list for this, that never even I, a, a bunch of ECW stuff came to mind. That didn't, and how again six? But like now that I'm thinking of it, to me this is a four, maybe even a three. I have this back this and is forth a with phenomenal, my five. This is a phenomenal promo. This pissed people off rick flair wanted to fucking kill shane douglas over this promo this, this is, is like, this is one of the most heat-seeking missile promos of all time this is the epitome of a work shoot promo because mm-hmm. they they this was a shoot shane douglas legitimately threw the nwa title down and yeah. christened ecw but they like convinced the promoter of the NWA, Don Carluzzo at the time, I think his name is Don Carluzzo or Dan Carluzzo that, Oh no, no, this is going to be good for business. They got him to cut promos saying like Shane Douglas is the champion. This is a third, blah, blah, blah. Like, but this was the birth of extreme championship wrestling. When, when he said, what was the line? He says, this is the lineage behind this title. Guys like Lou Thez. And they can't remember everybody. Name, you know? the and then Rick he says, Flair, and they the Rick- kiss my yeah. ass. He and throws he throws the, the title down. down. Holy fuck, man. And back then, this is this is what? What do you say? This is 94? This was 1994. 94? You didn't do that. No. You didn't do that. You did not disgrace the end. If any title, you didn't disgrace. It's the 10 pounds of gold. You didn't do that. Um, there, you know, kayfabe was still very, very big in, in this in this day. And there's still a lot of pride. And a lot of, you know, a lot of the guys still have that mentality that, that uh, Bret Hart and Ric Flair still have to this day. It's still very fucking real to these guys. And in 94, a lot of people thought like that. Shane Douglas shit all over their legacy. And you didn't do that. 
There's like, a lot of people. Nuts. There's a lot of people that say, even to this day, that the NWA never recovered from this. <sighs> they went. They disappeared for a long time. Yeah, and then and then in 2002, they they had a resurgence with 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 TNA for a little um, bit. For a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that, that that's for debate. I wouldn't credit Shane Douglas for killing the NW. No, the, just you this, know what I mean? Like this moment, though, like it it definitely put the NWA. They were dead for a long time after this. Well, that's it. And but it did exactly what Paul Heyman wanted to do. Paul Heyman wanted to separate himself from that. He didn't want to be part of that old boys club anymore. He wanted to do be something different. I, I remember, uh, I believe it was on the uh, Rise and Fall of uh, ECW DVD that he compared it to. He's like they were like Motley Crue and uh, uh, and Poison, and we were Nirvana. Yeah, you yeah, know, I love 100%. that analogy. He they wanted to be that that grunge. They wanted to be that that new sound. I love that analogy. Well, we'll see if you agree with uh, with with my placement on this. I really went back and forth with this one and uh, and my number five here with the placement on it. Uh, I ended up putting this at my number five just because of the historical significance that it kicked off. I think okay. Shane's promo was better, but uh, I'm going with my number five, and I'm going to let you uh, talk about it first because uh, I need to stop Max Dog from chewing on my beautiful girlfriend's brand new rug at the moment. Oh, I, uh, I remember number- it. Number five, Vince McMahon, Brett screwed Brett. Oh, you, yeah, you, this is a you give the take. Good, this is a good place for this. Um, I really like the placement of of this entire promo, the way they did, it, the way had they had him sitting down. It was a one on one interview. Um, I question the work shoot aspect of it. Um, if was it really a work when this was supposed to be an entire shoot um that's my my only question you were gone you didn't hear my question you what, what what's going on i can't hear you sorry i muted my technical microphone diff- please technical, please technical. please repeat your question for me my <laughs> my question was is this really a work shoot or is this I, a shoot? I, I I feel like this is exactly what Vince McMahon felt. This wasn't Mr. McMahon. This wasn't fucking, you know, this was Vincent Kennedy McMahon, the man, the, the owner of the WWE saying, fuck him. Like, I, I don't, I'm not saying it shouldn't be on your list because it's a phenomenal, I wouldn't even call it a promo. It's a phenomenal interview, but, and it's a phenomenal moment. It's a very important moment in um like it started an era of wrestling but i don't know if it fits your criteria as work shoot i think this is vince mcmahon coming on camera to say fuck them see and i get what you're saying there and i thought that at first and originally i didn't have this on my list at all because of that but then mm-hmm. i started thinking more and i thought okay i think vince is just shooting but it turned into the worked character oh, of what this, Mr. McMahon was, yeah. right? So that's where I kind of justify McMahon, that. Mr. McMahon has two things that, that, that created him. Bret Hart, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Those two things together made Mr. McMahon. Um, but that initial, that original promo, Brett screws Brett, I think that was Vince McMahon 
just being like, listen, I did what I had to do for my company. Fuck them. Yeah, and I and I agree, but it, but that promo spawned something. You know what I mean? The, so if, that if there's a yes, if we're talking, if part of your criteria is important, yes, this deserves to be right here. Me personally, this is a number seven for me. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I I just I kept bumping it down just because of the historicalness that that yeah. it really it's spawned, a very important right? promo. Yeah, I, I, I had it at my number six with and I had Shane at my number five and I switched it around at the last minute. I mean, you could flip a coin on that one, I think. Okay, let's start having some fun now, though. Number four, we're going to ECW one night stand Paul Heyman shooting on the mm-hmm. WWE roster. See, this is like a two for me, man. This is. Holy shit, that entire fucking promo is just beautiful like from the i'm not crying i was in the back with rvd smoking a joint to you know hold the, on to your wives there's edge the triple um, h line to jbl the, was the best one. that is the best line the only reason you had the title for years because triple h didn't want to work tuesdays yeah man uh they they let paul they being vince really but they let Paul do what he wanted to do on that show. Paul said, listen, man, if you're going to let me do a, one, a, a one-time pay-per-view, just let, let it be ECW. And they did. They Sure, they threw some WWE elements into it with, with, with the invasion of the guys and, you know, Bischoff and his crew and JBL and all that. Sure. But it was an ECW show through and through, right to that fucking promo. They let they let Paul do whatever the fuck he wanted. He came out and he said exactly what he wanted to say that night. And it's one of my favorite promos in the history of the WWE television. Very, very fun. Very, very fun promo. I, I mean, a I don't, great pay-per-view. By it was way. a great pay-per-view. It's one of the best pay-per-views of all time. Yes. Not just in WWE history. I think it's one of the best pay-per-views of all time. I, I could not agree with you more. I love that pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, I'm going to keep rolling then with ECW at my number three spot. I've got Joey Styles shooting on Jerry the King Lawler and Monday Night Raw. I knew this was going to be on your list. And I thought about it and I thought about it and I thought about it and I went and revisited it. My memories of it weren't great. I, had a, I don't know why I had a problem with it, but after revisiting it, I think you're. I think number three might be like number four. Number three is a yeah. is a good spot for it. I think you're right. Um, my only problem with it is I I hate this argument. I th- I think because they're doing it in AEW too. This argument of sports entertainment versus this versus professional wrestling is so fucking stale to me. I hate it. Um, yeah. To me, there's no difference between the two. It's potato I, potato. I, I like I, the I way that they're that. doing it in AEW because it's, they're it's doing clever, it as like cheeky, they're doing it as like a, a more of a joke than a serious if, matter. If it was if it was almost anybody but Chris Jericho doing it, I'd probably be like, "This is stupid." Yeah, because he's doing it and calling himself a fucking wizard. And, you know what I mean? It, it, Before it's stupid, it's stupid, but it's funny, stupid, it's silly, stupid. I'm okay with what they're doing in AEW right now with it. Like even even to the point before his music hits, they do like a signature, like how the WWE opening used to be, like that, like uh, for over fifty years. Like he has something that I don't remember exactly what mm-hmm. is on top of my head, but it's something like that, which really makes me laugh. I, but this I, whole I, argument that was started with Motsley and, and, and CM Punk of uh, you know 
uh, professional wrestling versus sports of Germany. It, I'm just done with it. I hate yeah. it. It's to me, it's potato tomato. It's it's it, it's all the same fucking shit. I, I I like fuck off with the terminology. It's all professional wrestling. It's all sports entertainment. It's all storytelling. It's all you know. You know what I mean. So that's why I think I had bad memories of that paper of that promo because I'm just like, oh yeah, he's just another guy fucking bitching and whining about storytelling. But the way the promo was done was very fucking good. Yeah. Joey came out, said what he wanted to say, but it was still compelling. I didn't really think that he focused that heavy on sports entertainment versus wrestling, to be honest. I do because of the way he harped on the storytelling aspect. Like, but the way he said it. They don't want me to learn moves. They don't want me to talk about moves. They want me to be a storyteller, you know. Yeah, what and I, mean? and I, I like so, that though. Like, I, I think that's like him being like, these guys are busting I, I their do, ass. I thought it was I a better way to go about it. it. Yeah, yeah. I do not have rewatched it. I like the part when he's like, and then you're telling me that I'm not good enough to call backlash. Like, I thought that was great. I like yeah. the little things that he said. Like, when you called me, I didn't call you looking for a job. Like. I just thought Joey Styles. This was, yeah. I think, the next to like barely legal. I think this was the best thing he's ever done in his career. Um, I'm not sure if this is a number three for me, but it is definitely at least a number four. Well, I know that my number two is not a number two for you. You know, we had to talk about it at some point. I know we're going to the pipe bomb. I'm surprised it's not your number one. Um, I'm hoping your number one's what I what I hope what I what I'd like it to be. Um, already, I know there's a big one that I love that's missing, but we'll talk about that later. Um, the pipe bomb is what it is. Um, I'm glad it's not your number one. Cause I don't think it's the best promo in the world. I don't I really think so don't. either. I think it's overrated, overhyped, over, oversaturated. Um, but it's what? not horrible, it's not horrible, but it's, it's not a favorite of mine by, by any stretch of the imagination. I went back and re-listened to it uh, in doing this list because I hadn't listened to it in a few years because I'm with you. I, I, I respect the pipe bomb a lot for what it is. You know what I mean? What it, was it, is, a, yeah. it was a big moment. And, and Do it, I like some moments of it? Like, like I still giggle when he does the high cool cabana. Yeah, I, You know what I mean? I love that shit. Um, but eh, like this is like a three for me. This is this is I don't know. Um. It also could be because I'm not a massive CM Punk fan. Fair. That very well could be part of it. I understand if you if you are if CM Punk is your favorite wrestler and he cuts that fucking promo and you fucking jerk off all over it, I get it. But he was never my favorite wrestler at that t- at that point in time. I was over him. I like I really didn't give a fuck about about Punk. Yeah. And he and then he goes and cuts that promo and I'm like, okay, okay, it was it was good. And at, at that point in time when it when it happened. I remember thinking, all right, that was different. That was good. I liked it. But then over the as the years go by, it's like it's shoved in your face and talked about as it's the best thing that ever fucking happened. And it's just not for me. See, and I am a big punk fan, and, and I always have been. I don't romanticize punk i don't think i do at least like everybody else does like i just really like punk i've always enjoyed his promos i've always enjoyed his work i mean Uh, i i did think that the the pipe bomb was an overrated promo as well for a long time i went back and re-listened to it though i enjoyed it a lot more than i had memories of enjoying it um i really like to me this is the perfect work shoot promo 
because it really furthered the storyline as well. Everything he said was still like pushing money in the bank. I'm going to take the title and leave. And then he got, you know, the, yeah. the jabs in like Triple H is a doofus and Vince is going to die. High Colt Cabana, like all that stuff. I, I just thought that his pacing, his delivery and what he said um, was really good. Have you ever heard him tell the story about like the aftermath of that promo? Cause he, he went and down the side stage and apparently like everybody in the back was freaking out. And he said the first person he saw was Chris masters and Chris masters was in such a state of shock that he didn't even realize it was punk. And he was like, man, did you see that punk's going to get fired? And punk was like, Chris, it's me. He's like, Oh shit, dude, you're going to get fired. And he's like, <laughs> It's pretty I love funny. That. Yeah, it's a pretty funny little story Punk told about that. But if I can be perfectly honest, not only do I think the pipe bomb is not like the greatest promo ever, I don't think it's CM Punk's greatest promo. It's ever. not his promo against with Raven is his best promo ever. Thank you. And I, I thought one of my about, examples. I really wanted to put that on my list, but it wasn't a shoot promo. It's just no, 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 nothing, nothing that I'm going to use as an example here belong on this list. But I do think they're better promos. His promo against Jeff Hardy, I think, was better. Mm-hmm. His promo, um, the one where he's doing the contract signing with Vince, I think, yeah. was better. The uh, one where he, the the one against Vin, the one against Triple H, where he's sitting in the fucking chair there, was better. Um, I really liked his promo, and and I guess I could have even thought about this, but the original Summer of Punk, where uh, oh, his, he made that heel turn, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's a great one. The, oh, the one right after the um the Cole Cabana thing. Yeah, yeah, I love. No, that. no, yeah, the one. No, no, the one after he won the world title, and his last his last Ring of Honor match. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And then he turned yeah. heel, and Christopher Daniels returned. Yes. Great angle. The original yes, Summer yes, Punk. Yes, the original Summer Punk. Yes. And then uh, another one. I, I just remembered the one with the Rock. The the boxing with God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good one too. Shit. Punk, yeah. Punk has got some. He's good got stuff. great promos. I'm not gonna. St- I'm not gonna take that away from him. I, I just don't think the, the 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 pipe bomb isn't one of them. That's a great work shoot promo though. Number two in my book. Don't know if it's my number two, but God, I hope your number one's what I want it to be. Fuck, oh. I hope it is. Well, we talked about this man earlier today. We're going back to Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman shooting on Vince McMahon before the Survivor Series pay-per-view in 2001. Okay. I love this promo. I yeah. think it is the best this work is... shoot promo of all time. Because I've been like I've been so focused on one single one that you didn't even talk about. I forgot about this. You are right. This belongs in the top three, if not your number one. I, I'm with you here. We'll talk about my disappointment in a few minutes. Yeah, I don't. I'm uh, curious. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I, I've I got, I've I got, got, I've got two that really, to me, should be on the list. It's not my list, so fine. I'm not going to shit on it. But because well, because everything you show because everything you talk every no no new <laughs> new new Mike. I got I I I I I'm the daddy of a little baby girl. I got to be a, a good person now. Give me three. Give me three weeks with you. I'll have you back to tell me to shut the fuck up, you piece of shit, in no time. <laughs> uh, let's talk about this promo before we move on. Um, this is a great promo. It, it is. I'm not sure it's my number one, to be perfectly honest, but it is. It definitely deserves to be talked about as one of the best work shoots ever. 
I think you got to go back and rewatch this promo. And anybody who hasn't listened to this promo in a long time needs to go back and rewatch it. The stuff that he says to Vince here, and Vince didn't know. Vince told him, say whatever you want. Don't tell yeah. me, just say it out there. Yeah. And Heyman unloaded God, on him. don't you miss that? Like, where, where did Vince's balls go after the years? Uh, well, you know? they're, all, they're tied up in multi-million dollar settlements <laughs> yeah, right, right now, but that's a different story that <laughs> like, we won't talk like, about. Like, like, like you, used to have no, you used to have the fucking cojones to go out and be like, fuck it, let's do this. Man, I miss that. It's like I you... Mean, some of the lines he dropped on this, you know, your father would be so disappointed in you. Um, you took, he basically said the Attitude Era was a ripoff of ECW. Um, he's, some of the stuff he was like, you took Hulk Hogan's blood and you built a Titan Tower. You took Shawn Michaels' smile and bought yourself a private jet, like stuff like that. You took yeah. Bret Hart's soul and bought yourself this, like, and he's not wrong on any of it. Like Vince is a fucking son of a hey, bitch, except man. Except for the Shawn Michaels smile. Thing. Yeah, I don't remember if exactly <laughs> he said Shawn Michaels smile. I, I could have made that one up, but he so right. talked about like Bruno and Brett and Hogan yeah. and just like how he took their soul, how he uses people and throws them away like garbage. Like, wow. I mean, knowing what is going on right now. That 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 promo kind of hits home, no? I'm telling you, everybody <laughs> go back and listen to this promo. But Mike, I'm dying to know what did I miss that you were very disappointed in me on? Me personally. And, and where would it be ranked on your list? It's a top three for sure. Okay. I'm not exactly sure, but in the top three somewhere. It's Bret Hart's Blue Cage promo. I thought about that and I didn't feel like it fit my criteria. I just thought it was I, a promo. I, I think it was a work shoot. I really do. I think I think Bret Hart was legit frustrated. I think he was he, like like and he was. He was frustrated with everything going on in WWE at the time. And 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 he he took that 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 time to to use as an outlet and he, and and he threw his frustration out on Vince because that's who he's fucking frustrated on. He he was professional enough not to like let it out of who Vince was, but holy fuck, did he like in hindsight now? Yeah, but it was knowing, all it was all planned though. Like they, they yeah, but 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 this is in a day where they were given the you know the reins to say whatever they wanted, right? Well, Vince told Brett to swear, and they would like and and like Vince was like, I want you to swear, I want you to, and we'll beep it out. And and they didn't, and Brett was pissed about it. Brett didn't want to swear, he didn't like he didn't want to do that. Mm. Um, the reason why I didn't think about it for this list though is because everything Brett was complaining about, it was it was more of a heel turn than a work shoot to me. You screwed me at the Royal Rumble, I've been screwed here, I've been screwed here. And I think that's Sid- why it felt like a shoot to me because it because it was he hadn't turned heel yet. Yeah, but and, to me it just and, felt and like it was, a heel and turn. to me and to me it wasn't like the way the way I remember looking at it was holy fuck that's not the character Brett the Hitman Hart mm. that's Brett Hart and he's pissed. Yeah, I didn't know? I didn't see it as a shoot when I looked at it. I I agree with you everything you're and, saying about the promo, but and it the exact same can be said about the other one that I feel is missing. And this is a number seven, number six spot, but it's the Undertaker's promo where he comes out in the tracksuit. Yeah. Good promo. He was 100% out of character for the first time ever. 
and he just came out. It wasn't it, the Undertaker didn't go to the ring that night. That was Mark Calloway, and he was not fucking happy. And I feel like he came out and he aired his real life grievances in the ring that night. Um, I I think that belongs on your list, maybe over one or two that you had on there. I my mean, would, would you bump the Miz for it? Would you bump? I know that you were well, skeptical. Because no, to me, the Miz would be would be a, in a different place. I, I know uh, you were skeptical me, well, on my on my Vince uh, my Vince one being on there. So maybe you bumped that yeah, one. Yeah, I, I, I think I think that'd be definitely be gone for me. That's fair. I had Shane yeah. Douglas on there. I had Heyman, Styles, Pipe Bomb, and Heyman on Vince. For me personally, just because I'm not the biggest fan of uh, of uh, of Styles. Styles would be gone for me. It's really, eh? For, for Brett Listen to that promo. I think you changed your yeah, mind. Yeah, you might be right, but uh, but uh, Brett and Taker, I think, just deserve to be on that list because I, I I think they're both phenomenal um, uh, promos for their time. I do have some honorable mentions yep. as well. Uh, do you have any honorable mentions at all? Anything that you can think of? I know the you only said there one, was an Eddie, Eddie Kingston one. There's that you... an Eddie Kingston one from uh, from Progress where he came out and basically said. Um, I'm sick and tired of making stars. He he came out and he goes, go watch NXT. Every motherfucker on that show, I made. It, it was just a great, it was just a great promo. Uh, and he, you could, you could tell he really meant it. Um, yeah, I'm going to resend it to you because I know you haven't seen it. No, I'm I have not send, seen it I, I'm going to send it to you again and hopefully uh, you'll agree with me. It's too late for the list, but uh, it's a, it's a great promo. After hearing your list, does it belong on the list? Probably not, but it's a high honorable mention. All right, fair. Um, I'll, I'll bang off some of mine. I've got um, when The Rock returned to Monday Night Raw after Steve Austin walked out, kind of shot on Austin a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, the promo wasn't The Rock's best promo, but you know he did that thing where he was like, I'll be 100 years old on a walker. That's the yeah, part yeah, I remember yeah. about it. What I really wanted to be on the list, and it just wasn't that great going back and rewatching it was uh Xbox return to Monday night raw after WrestleMania 14 when he. Okay. Um, I never thought of that as a work shoot, but it is, it definitely is. Cause he came out and he shot on Bush off and shit. Um, yeah, it's definitely not list worthy. No, no. Um, it's definitely not list weather worthy, but it is a, I don't think it's a shitty promo. No, it was it wasn't as good as I remembered it being. It was still good, like and especially yeah. at the time, it was like holy fuck. And it was like whole like it was holy he, fuck. At when, the time. when he said when when Triple H says, you know, you 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 hold on to your friends, you bring in your friends, and then he comes out. Jr. Jr.'s reaction is amazing, where he's like, oh no, yeah, like, well, look who it guy. is, look who it is, and you know. I don't, I didn't, there was no such thing as a smart mark at the time that I knew of, but you know, you're, you're, you're sitting there watching. You're like that, that, that's six. That that's the one, two, three kid. Yeah. What the fuck is he? What's the, what? You know, it, 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 it was a great moment. Um, and it was a good promo. Uh, definitely doesn't belong in the top seven, but, uh, but I liked it. I have a question for you. I have one. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you think fits the criteria. The promo between The Rock and John Cena, where the John Cena calls him out on right. Right. The, uh, ah, I never thought the about that one. List. I, you know what? I would say that's kind of work shooty. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I never really thought about that one. Um, 
I had uh, this one didn't make the list because it was just a shoot, and that's Samoa Joe on Scott Hall in in TNA. Yeah, that was a hundred percent a shoot. That wasn't the work. I yeah. mean that 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 was Scott fucking everybody over, and then Joe just letting his anger out on the mic, and then getting slapped for it later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, this one uh, this one didn't yeah. make my list because I think it's more of a promo than a, a work or a shoot. Is Brian Pillman's ECW debut? <laughs> yeah and, and um, especially when shane douglas is walking out there going he's shooting paul he's shooting like yeah more of a promo uh john yeah. cena and roman reigns was on my uh, honorable mentions okay. yeah yeah um matt hardy's return promo was on my honorable mentions when he came back from being fired oh yeah of course or like any of the bite this stuff that they did yeah. you could, well, you that could put on shoot. there was that shoot or work shoot that was work shoot it, that, was, that, it was all work yeah, but it wasn't yeah. good uh, for lead it wasn't yeah. good sorry yeah um aj lee shoot on the total divas yep yep uh didn't make my list because the bellas and eva marie ruined the entire promo if you go back and rewatch that it was awful uh i had the undertaker breaks character on there jeff jarrett's wwf return uh right before he did the nwa stuff in 98 he cut a good promo okay yeah yeah um this one was one yeah seven yeah seven seven yeah, that was a that was definitely a work shoot, right? This one was more of a shoot for me. Uh, Paul Heyman shooting to TNN to fire them. I love that promo when he's just staring into the fucking yeah, camera, like, looking like fire he's me. coked out of fire his me. Face. Yeah. I dare you, fucking take me off the air, fire me. I love that so much. And the last honorable mention I have is um, Jim Ross bringing in the fake razor and fake. Yes, pizza. yes, thank you, honorable thank mention. you. I love that so much. Yeah. That's a great one. That's my list, folks. His, his heel run didn't last very long, but I loved it while it did. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Oklahoma did not make an honorable mention because it was <laughs> And Ferreira will never make a list that we ever do, ever. Not a best of list, at least. Not a, definitely not a best of list. No. Fuck. But yeah, that's my list, man. Yeah, the... I, the list was great. Um, as usual, you know, uh as you do for me a lot i i, I have problems with the order a little bit but yeah but in a whole it was a great list i i i liked it better than i thought i would Hell I really yeah did. yeah <laughs> well, on that note check out our boy young jay young jay lee and uh and get ready for who day brian pillman and i'm hoping that we will have another massive guest announcement shortly but i don't yeah, want to jinx yet, it right? i don't want to jinx yeah. anything yet okay this wow. is the biggest holy fuck man the biggest announcement we've ever made on this show is coming soon hopefully yes and you oh. you nailed it it is the biggest holy fuck absolutely 100 percent. well all right man i got nothing else to say you got anything you what, want to a, say? what a, no man what a great way to bring me back in uh i i know like people think that i haven't really been gone long but last week's show was fucking recorded back in april yeah uh, uh <laughs> you know and the and the, the the one before that was just, was an interview, whatever. But uh, it, it feels bad. It feels great to be back for good and for real. Um, and I'm not going to have any more kids, so no more hiatuses. Yeah, because your I man mean, child needs more attention over here. <laughs> All right, man. Oh, so uh, on. It, I was going to say, do you forget how yeah, to do this? Fucking no, take us all, man. Yeah, apparently, <laughs> on behalf. Of my return to count it out with Mike and Tyler, you 
No. Me, and Rebo. on behalf of Young Jay Lee. Hey, I do not speak for Young Jay Lee. No, that on behalf on behalf of that, him. That that man, that that man commands enough respect to speak for himself. We have been counted out. Cheers. <laughs>